All military rank and file are subject to the word and intent of the Commonwealth Triumvirs. There is no exception. There is punishment accordingly. Welcome you into another episode of Drive Back the Night, an Andromeda series podcast. I'm Ryan Mazzocco. And I'm Ethan Maestri. And we are here with episode number 76. Can you believe that? The episode, The Torment, The Release. And so here as we get started. Hey, Ryan, just a second. Before you really get going with the episode here, did you notice something new about our Zoom call here that we're on? Do you, you, you see what I added there? There's a this uh, there's a button. Yeah, see the little yeah, this, red button. This there? red one. Yeah, red button. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Tell you what, why don't, why don't you go ahead and press it? Really? Yeah, press it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Whoa! What? Whoa! What just happened? Where am I? <laughs> I, I have you now. Remember that last episode when I said I was plotting to overthrow you? Yeah. Well, here you are in this special arena that I have constructed at an unnecessarily high cost where you will stand trial for your crimes against me. Crimes? What crimes? Oh, you don't remember them? Well, let's just review them, shall we? Yeah. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Ryan. Yes. We're, we're kicking off season four. We are. Um, and I got to say, I'm actually a little surprised to see you here tonight. I didn't think you were going to be coming over. Well, you did say it was pasta night. And you know me. I would not miss that for the world. Oh, excellent. So here I am. Here we are. Season four. Yep. And I didn't get any pasta. No, no, because what happens here is, see, it'll transmit the thoughts to the little Alexa box, and then it'll go straight to my inbox and my email, and then we'll get our futures. Oh, well, that's nifty. Yeah. All yeah. right. So we've, we just... Oh, there it is. Your, I think yours just dropped into the inbox. Okay. Let's check it out. All right. What do you say? Yeah, this sounds fun. All right. Uh, let me get this open here. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. You will go on a backpacking trip across Europe, where you will see many adventures, face many perils. Overcome adversities and meet new friends. You will ride on a llama named Montel through the French countryside and discover new music and foods. This trek will be long, dangerous, and difficult, but you will find yourself to be a better, more well-rounded person when you finally make it back home. When you finally die, at a good old age, you will look back on this time as the most character-defining adventure you have ever known. Enjoy the now. Your future only gets better. Wow! Wow! That's that is really incredible. I, I I almost wanted to cry. Yeah, that it's, was beautiful. I mean, those. Do you think these things pretty accurate? I, well, they say 
you know, it, they say it's pretty accurate. I, I'm, I don't know. Wow. Oh, oh, mine just popped in. Oh, wow. This is going to be, I can't wait to hear I yours. know. I'm really excited about this. Uh, you will be lucky in love. Oh, I mean, there's, there's that. You've always wanted that, right? Sure. Are you really here or is it, are you just a figment of my imagination? Okay. I see where you're going with this. Um, how can I put your doubts to rest? Okay. Hold on a second here. Ow! Golly! Ryan! You really closed the distance across the room quick. Well, you know, sometimes. And that hurts. Yeah. There it is. You didn't feed me pasta. Your future reading was way better than mine was. And you slapped me. You see? Guilty. Guilty, I say. Ethan, what are you talking about? Those were just bits that we were doing for the show. You know that I don't harbor any ill will or resentment towards you, right? Really? You you don't actually hate me? Of course not. Ethan, you are literally the only other person I know that has ever agreed to watch any, or much less all, of the Andromeda series with me. How could I possibly hate you? <laughs> well, I guess that makes all of this effort seem a little silly now, doesn't it? I... I guess we should get back to the episode then, huh? Yeah, but it seems like an awful big set to just waste. Eh, I'm sure we can find another use for all the space. Now, um, where was that button? Okay, and we are... You good? Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Here we are. And we are back for episode number 76 uh, here we go. The torment, the release. Ethan, how are you doing? Uh, well, a lot better now. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to let this stuff just. Let's, let's just chalk it up to that. And it's water under the bridge. Not speak of it again. Sure. Okay. Right. Until the next time that you want to bring it all against me for whatever reason. I mean, come on. But moving right along, what are we? Uh, we're ready for trivia, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got trivia here. This uh, episode, The Torment, The Release, was written by Bob Ingalls and directed by Jorge Montesi. We have talked about these two gentlemen before, and it is good to see them again for this episode of Andromeda. Our guest actors are Nicholas Lee and Carmen Moore. They return as Trilorn and Trijama, respectively. We also have another face to add to the triumvirate. That is Kim Hawthorne as Tri Camille. Now, she has had extensive television credits since the early 1990s. In genre, she's appeared in such series as Millennium, Stargate SG-1, Dark Angel, Jeremiah, and Castle. Ivar Broger makes his return as Pish Tryon, and since his last attempt at trying to stop Dylan Hunt in The World Turns All Around Her, at least, well, since we discussed that episode, he has added a couple of more credits to his IMDb list. He appeared as Peter in Bob Hart's Abishola, The Rookie, and a short film that's currently in post-production titled Discovering Ella. That's as of February of 2022. Colin Cunningham and Andrew Jackson, they return as well as our favorite Nietzschean shysters, Shig and Lipset. They originally appeared in the episode Double or Nothingness. And speaking of Double or Nothingness, 
I came across a cast name that didn't make sense to me at the time when we were going to review that episode, Ryan. So I made a note of it, of who it was, so that I could talk about her here for this episode. That actress is named Apollonia Vanova, and she is listed as a cast credit for Double or Nothingness. However, next to her name, you'll notice that her scenes were deleted from that episode. Well, we get to see those scenes, or at least one of those scenes, in this episode. The woman that kisses Dylan and then tries to whip-kill him, well, that's her scene. Uh, from Double or Nothingness, and so they brought it out for this particular clip show. And uh, that's why that particular scene that may not have made sense when you saw it, thinking, did I miss an episode? No, you just missed that particular scene. And uh, considering the CG that was involved in making that final shot for the episode, it's good to see that they didn't exactly waste their money and got to insert it in the clip show here. So that's our trivia for the episode, The Torment, The Release. I'm really glad that you brought up that uh, deleted scene from Double or Nothingness because um, I knew from what I had looked into on this episode, I knew that that was a deleted scene, but I didn't know from what episode. And so I thought, man, that seems like an awfully big thing to delete and not give us that like I don't even know who this is what what's going on here yeah yeah that explains why I don't remember it and why um <clears throat> they possibly would have deleted it because it's really not essential to a plot of any story right so, and, okay. and that I, is why I, we do trivia so we can yeah. clear those things up from the start I do appreciate that. You know, that's kind of one of the things we may talk about a little bit later, but I feel like there were a lot of cuz this was kind of clip show, but it also there were times when I was thinking, are these actually, are these new scenes that they're filming for this episode that they kind of seem, they were flashbacky, but yeah. were they all clips? So yeah, yeah that's, it's interesting. Um, I wonder if there were more things like that going on. My memory's not as good as it used to. So there were some of these scenes that I was like, I don't know what that's about. Well, we've been but, doing uh, this show longer than they did that show. So yeah. I, I won't fault you for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe you should, because that is my fault that <laughs> we've been <laughs> taking so long to do this. But uh, you know what does not take very long is a summary That's of true. the torment, the release. You want to take care of that? I can take care of that as well. Awesome. Trilorn and a Commonwealth fleet show up to escort Dylan Hunt to Terrazad to be placed on trial for harboring Telemachus Rade. Rade offers himself up to the Commonwealth for Hunt's benefit, but Dylan will have none of it. Once the trial begins, it is soon revealed that a greater plot is unfolding to smear Dylan's reputation and ensure that power is shifted to the collectors. The prosecution is led by Pish Tryon, and he uses the crew's testimony, or lack thereof, and Andromeda's own records in order to distort the truth to gain a guilty verdict against Dylan Hunt. But before he can be taken into custody, Trilorn reveals his allegiance to Dylan's high values and helps Andromeda to make an escape, even though it will surely trigger a wider civil war. The end. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I wasn't ready. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much it, though, isn't it? That's the that's the episode in a nutshell. Yeah. Um... And it says, "How did I get in this bloody nutshell?" Well, <laughs> never mind. Once again, bad movie quotes. Here we go. 
I, it's I why like you tune in, folks. It's why yeah, you tune I in. I was just, I was going. I like it more than than I should, but that was great. I loved it. Um, so I'm just going to uh, start this one off just as light as Dylan is taking this entire thing, and just say, "Ta ta." <laughs> you you may I clock that as well. I mean, ta ta flippant, just just downright flippant. <laughs> We talked about this a little bit in the last episode, did we not? Yes, we did. But, but I mean, ta-ta? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Of all the things to survive 3,000 years, I'm not exactly pleased that that phrase has. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, concerning the opening scene of the show, um, in machinery, I mean machinery of the mind, right. I, I yeah. asked the question, if Trilorn was a friend or an ally, I get I, I I guess the writers heard me and proactively wrote this scene to just kind of throw me off the trail, right? Because oh, yeah. he's not an ally. <laughs> Neither are any of the other well, we don't know about Trigemma because she doesn't say a word in this episode. But we're led to believe that the 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 triumvirate is is not in Dylan's camp. And they are going to uh, prosecute. But uh, I, it, we've been building toward this, right? Mm-hmm. We've been asking this question. Are they friends? Is the Commonwealth Dylan's friend? Do they really respect him? And I, for, for where we're going to end up in this episode, I really like how they just kind of laid it all out on the table. Even if it is supposed to be a little bit of misdirection and, you know, like Trilorn is really playing his cards close to his chest. But... For where this episode's going to go, I liked how they very, uh, very plainly, very simply laid out Dylan's place in the Commonwealth. Seemingly. And and, yeah. and now we have like the full confirmation of everything we've built to in the first half of this season. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that, too, about Trilorn, because I, I just happened to be going back through some notes here and I saw this was back in... Uh, Waking the Tyrant's device, and one of my note notes is just it just simply says, Trilorn really sucks." <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. we've been setting this up now for that was three, four, five, six, seven episodes ago. Uh, it's longer than that, I think. Something like that. But yeah, maybe maybe yeah. Well, this yeah. is this is the tenth or eleventh episode. Yeah, pieces of eight was the second or third one in the series. So yeah, it's it's been at least seven episodes. Yeah. Uh, that was Waking the Tyrant's Device. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I yeah. had the wrong one. So that was a little bit later than Pieces of Okay, eight. but okay, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're getting kind of serious though here. It's starting to dip toward that. You got what else you got? Let's move um, on. Let's move on from there then. Well, I mean, this is pretty serious. I mean, okay. Look, look, the judicial system is is serious, right? It That's can something be. we we shouldn't make light of anything, right? Unless Especially... you're watching Liar Liar. Okay, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> or Legally Blonde. Um, My cousin Vinny. Yeah, it strikes a balance yeah. there. I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, what's going on with this courtroom? Right. Right. I it, I tried to find on the internets because I wanted to bring that up in trivia, but I could not find any reference to where they actually filmed this. I know they didn't spend the money to build this set specifically for this courtroom scene. Um, 
But they did a good job at making it seem like a room specially built for this particular episode. Yeah, uh, it was it was a cool set. I just don't think you needed all this much space to do essentially what was three people listening to one person argue a case, right? Yeah. And I don't uh, and now I've gotten myself off track and I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this. You had a point obviously, save me from myself. <laughs> the point that was it was just ridiculous. I mean, I think you 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 say not only okay, you say that um you think the show probably borrowed this set from somebody in order to use the use it as a courtroom scene. Yeah. I would say that the Commonwealth also borrowed this room. <laughs> for this for this particular for this sham yeah, trial these proceedings yeah. i mean maybe that's the thing is they can't have this in an official courtroom because you know um yeah it, it it the room had a feel more of like a theater than it did a courtroom yeah and if you if you do then you need to have at least uh have an audience right like when when q put humanity on trial yeah I felt like it was a little bit more like that, even though it was better lighting. The, the problem there is, a... there's a problem with that thinking, though, Ryan. Because if you had an audience, a gallery, uh, you know, the little disco ball in the corner, the light show, will probably yeah. induce them to either seizures or dancing. Yeah. And I think that might be a problem in a, in a court of law. Well, I was actually wondering, like, maybe is this like the back room of a club or something? <laughs> and then on the other side of that, that's where the, the show's going on, because yeah. I didn't know what was going on with that light show. Yeah, what we don't hear is the mm, 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 in the background <laughs> constantly going on. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, Trilorn comes on board, and they're going to take Rami away, right? Mm -hmm. and, and she says, I'm in control. And he's like, oh, really? He says something odd here, it, and maybe it's maybe it's just me being a word nerd about it. But he says, "Check decks fifty-seven through fifty-eight." Why doesn't he just say, "Check decks fifty-seven and fifty-eight"? Because through fifty-eight, I, I mean, are there Jeffrey's tubes? And he's saying those have been flooded with gas, also. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a, that's a good explanation. All right. Any. Let's go with that, and I'll stop being nitpicky. Okay. Uh, but then an additional uh, thing he says is come with us for reprogramming. Now, that seems very ominous, don't you think? When really all yeah. all they were, in fact, going to do is just download her files, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like he should have led with that. Use that language. Hey, come with us. We need to access your records. Right. Yeah, I think they came on a little strong. A little bit sure. strong, yeah, because mm -hmm. come with us for reprogramming sounds like you're not going to have any memories after this. <laughs> well, I mean, reprogramming kind of seems to be at least the theme of this episode. Reprogramming is kind of like the worst of all options. True. Yeah. Because even that option is given to Dylan, right? We can take you in dead or alive, or we can yeah. send you to this moon for hard labor, or we can send you for reprogramming. And he's like, okay, wait, 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 let's talk. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So that is for both androids and humans, the worst case scenario. Yep, I, yeah. apparently, yeah. I, and I so what that means is that they were going to take Dylan to that moon and they were going to get files out of him, right? Sure. <laughs> if that's what reprogramming means. Um, yeah. Or Well, I, I almost took that as a, they would lobotomize him and just, you know, reset him to a different 
type of being, a different personality. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's what it's we're we're supposed to be given that that's what it's supposed to mean but just yeah. with the different definitions of what it means for rami because apparently reprogramming means we're going to extract files yeah i see where you're going cuz that's that. what they actually did yeah so with dylan i guess they're going to extract you know what speaking of extracting files extracting video evidence um a couple things first of all I think we've seen this kind of thing before, and we always kind of nitpick at this, but why is it that um, it seems like when it's convenient, absolutely every single thing that happens on the Andromeda or anywhere near Rami is, uh, it, there's a there's video data of it. <laughs> yes. Right? There's yes. there's a record. Even, even when, um, apparently there's supposed to be security on this ship, right? Mm-hmm. Private mode, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't actually happen because Rami keeps every single bit of it. 100%. All the and time. who had to go through all of that footage, by the way? Because it seems like a pretty big, pretty quick turnaround. Well, they were just, they got it and then they were presenting it to Dylan. Maybe that's, you know, in the penal colony system throughout the Commonwealth, maybe that's one thing you're subjected. That's your job, maybe, in the, in the, in prison is to sit and just go through hours and hours of Commonwealth high guard ship uh, tape. <laughs> it just, yeah. And just flagging. Okay. This seems significant. They're showering. This seems significant. You know, <laughs> that's your job uh-huh. all day long. Thousands of people just monitoring video. So these are, these are reprogrammed. Yeah. Prisoners. Then that's right? what reprogramming is. You just sit there and watch it and you you just go numb to it and you lose. Yeah. You lose yourself in it. Because otherwise, I don't think you really want the judgment of these videos placed in the hands of convicted felons. Criminals, that's true. Right. That's true. Well, because you know, they, they left, can just see all this they stuff left the stuff prosecution on. to a, a criminal. So who cares about, you know justice in this scenario. yeah but these are people that you want to work for you mm-hmm. so i mean if someone's a criminal they're against the system they see all this stuff going on oh well, well let they're just slide. gonna let it slide let yeah. that slide yeah i see what exactly. you're saying <laughs> um you know and speaking of all of the video evidence there was some of it i'm not sure was really you can twist stuff right okay the whole idea here long story short is Pish is com- is uh, accusing Dylan of working in in uh, he's with uh, with the abyss, right? Yeah. Okay. And so they show evidence of him undermining the Commonwealth, and there was the murder montage. Oh yes, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, why do they include in that evidence the uh, the murder? I'm using quotations here of. Of uh, of the doctor professor, yeah, it kind of undermines the whole uh, argument here. Yeah, that we one see scene. <laughs> we see him kill yeah. an agent of the abyss. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, and it's it it also is that same scenario where he he accuses Dylan of wanting to tear down the Commonwealth, and Dylan rightly just makes the plain statement: "I've spent four years of my life trying to rebuild the Commonwealth. Why would I do this?" You know, I've I've just wasted four years of my life, and yeah, um, this is a, another tick in that same in that same argument, pros versus cons, um, where Dylan you know, they're accusing Dylan, but they're showing evidence that just backs up Dylan's rebuttal. 
I do want to say I loved Harper's stonewalling. Um, just rambling off technical data. I love that. Almost I, filibustering. Yes. This yeah. is this, and this is filtering into what we had talked about uh, either the last episode or the, the episode before last. I, I forget now. Where we talked about when Harper is good Harper versus Harper being bad Harper, right? And this is a perfect example of Harper being good Harper. He's a genius, and he's just rattling off all these technical stats and everything and, and how a ship works and things like that. And that's when Harper, I feel like, excels. And I just loved seeing it in that, that particular scene. Uh, and then finally, I, didn't, I did notice that when Rade reveals himself and comes onto the command deck, he strikes his pose, right? His, his warrior pose, whatever that was. Right, the... Uh, uh something praying mantis yeah the praying mantis there you go when he strikes the praying mantis he he then has to deliver that line to the guard that yeah, this represents you will be defeated did it not look like steve basic was about to crack <laughs> it looked to me and i don't know the man i don't know his body of work all that much all that well but it to me looked like that whole time he was delivering those two or three lines of dialogue he looked like he was on the verge of cracking up I'm just putting that out there. You, listener, let me know if, if I'm seeing too much or if, if you feel the same. Or maybe it was Rade that was about to crack. That's true. He's like, yeah. you have no idea what's about to be laid out on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That could be it, too. Well, you know, the thing with that pose, too, is that, uh, boy, you better be able to deliver because that's quite a promise. You know, Ethan... Uh, Sometimes we, we've we've been making a few of these jokes, and it seems like we we keep having to steer it back over uh, away from getting into serious discussion. And I think it's because this, while we do like to have fun, overall this is a very serious episode. And so even when we make jokes, we start to get into into discussion. Yeah. So let's just allow ourselves to go there now. All right. Let's go into the the deep water of this discussion here. What what did you notice as far as anything that stands out um, about our universe, our characters? Uh, there was a lot. Um, first of all, uh, let's talk about the, the triumvirate and, and the politics of it. Um, my understanding of the Commonwealth is that it is a... It, it's a democracy? Is it? Dem Democracy-ish. Ish, yeah, there you go. Uh, so... We learn triumvirate politics work by, um, well, when Tricamille is introduced, it, it is noted in her introduction that she displaced her sister, Triortes. Now, when I hear that term, displaced, when it comes to one person taking over a leadership role, my mind immediately goes to something untoward happening to the other person, right, that has been displaced is it, mm -hmm. am i wrong in that thinking or can you steer me a different direction here because this is kind of central to why i don't like this tri triumvir or tri triumvirate mm -hmm. no i think i think you're right um and we haven't been given anything to to, to lead us the other way that that's not what's happened here but yeah i'm I am concerned for Triortes here. Okay. Simply okay. stated. So yeah. so, yeah. So, how how can you say 
well, it, it, let's go a step further with that. We we have the conversation with Trijema. Uh, Dylan and Trijema are talking there on the, the, the dance floor. And she says, I have to outlive and outlast. And I'm, I'm sorry, is this a battle royale? Is that what this is that what this is? So that you have to, I mean, I understand the, the concept of playing politics and having to, to remain in power by staying a step ahead of your opponents because they're always trying to dethrone you. But there is a definite ominous feeling about all of this that we're talking about here that instead of being removed from power and thus quietly heading off to your home system to live out the rest of your days, you something worse happens. You are either put in jail or worse killed <laughs> and that's kind or of what reprogrammed or reprogrammed yeah there you go so that you are no longer a threat to come back into power and this feels like this feels very medieval and um i don't see how a democratic ish government even ish is able to function with with this kind of of, of command structure or um not election electoral uh structure that's that's not what's happening here i i just yeah. find it very interesting the, the kind of the inner workings of the people that hold power and i guess that's why the collectors are able to stay just outside of that inner circle of power and eat away and eat away and eat away until now it's time for pish to pounce and eliminate the last threat to them usurping all of the power from the the triumvirs that's just how i saw this playing out you know what? I just I wrote down the word democracy, and I put I drew a pen next to it mm-hmm. because I have some thoughts, but I think we need to come back to it. Okay, all right. Okay. <clears throat> but but yeah, I mean, let's I guess let's let's move on to this the these 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 court proceedings. Um and okay, lots of things wrong. So first of all, we have. The only people that are in this room is we have the three judges that are the triumvirate, right? And yep. we have the prosecutor, and we have the accused. Yes. That's it. Yeah. So not only are there no witnesses to the proceedings of what's going on here, did you notice that there was a severe lack of representation to the defendant? Yeah. They just threw him out there and and read him the right act. Uh, it just occurred to me, you're talking about that, and the way you described it, I just remembered what was going on about the time this episode would have been airing. Guantanamo. In which those sorts of things were happening behind closed doors without full representation for those that were being accused. Is that what's going on here? Is this a treatise against what was happening in real life at that time, 2004? Because those things were starting to come to light at that time. Hmm. So suddenly my, instead of this being a badly written episode, no, they actually were pointing at something legitimately that was not, well, not legitimate, but something that was taking place concurrently when this episode would have aired. I find that very interesting. Yeah. Did you have a point with that? Or you were just... Well, that kind of was my point. Oh, okay. Is just how stripped down this court system is. And it's like, you know, no survivors, no witnesses, 
just getting in there and getting stuff done. And it kind of just points to just all of the corruption that is here, that is present in the Commonwealth with the collectors and just the state of the Commonwealth as Dylan has been concerned about it for quite some time now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think along with that, one of the points that I had written down was the fact that how this episode demonstrates that truth is relative. And in the argument, you know, you have just the one prosecutor, the one person in the room that can talk is Pish. And he's showing us all of these clips, right? And the majority of the clips could be interpreted one way or the other. You could see it wasn't hard for him to twist that truth. But you you brought it up earlier. Uh, we see the scene where he kills uh, Dr. Professor. Uh, we see several scenes in ship battles in which I'm pretty sure I saw Nietzsche and cruisers firing. And if they're trying to make the triumvirate believe that these are images of Dylan causing mayhem and destruction against the Commonwealth, well, that's just a flat out lie <laughs> and a fabrication. And so it, it's it. Yeah. Your, your point. There is so much corruption that has so quickly developed within the Commonwealth that truth is relative and you know pish is able to stand there with no repercussions for leveling these false charges and just twisting the truth into whatever he needs it to be to get that guilty verdict and yeah yeah well especially with the clips that he used of the file d um oh yeah those were yeah. really incriminating without the proper context. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what you can do with clever editing. And uh, Becca later says something about it. It was a joke. Um, I'm not sure it, where that came from. I didn't see it. Uh, the, from what I remember, uh, it wasn't so much of a joke as much as it was just Harper describing what this thing can do. Right? Yeah. And they basically had exposed the plan, but they present it in a way that they're having their roundtable conference of this is the plan. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we are going Here to do. Here is our plot against. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing, if they just spliced in, you know, some sort of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then, yeah, I'm sure there was footage of that somewhere. Well, I'm sure there's probably footage of Harper in the shower laughing like that. So there you go. <laughs> That that's, yeah. you could just audio just pipe that in. Let's talk about Rami for a second. She brings up, uh, or not brings up, but she talks about feelings in a way, and we haven't had a conversation about Rami and feelings in a long time, have we? Mm, I feel like we haven't. I and and you would be correct in that feeling. So she talks about. Um, she says, I, Pish is, is talking with her and she says, I won't admit to empathy, sympathy, or even fortitude. But she has observed and digested many elements while in service with Dylan. And she says, I am able to assimilate hate. I find that really interesting from an android that is supposedly, you know, not designed specifically with feelings, but. Obviously, she has observed enough that, at least on the negative side, she can harbor some some resentment or some hatred for bad players. 
Um, do, do you feel like that gives us any kind of insights into Rami as an android? Is that helpful at all? Does that contribute to those past conversations that we've had with her about feelings? Honestly, it muddies it a little bit for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, because I'm not sure if she's if she's playing fish, fish. If she's, I'm not sure if she's playing pish. That's hard to say. <laughs> I was gonna um, say I'm not familiar with that term. Yeah. Um. But uh, <laughs> well, other than go fish, but you know, that's, right? Yeah. I knew you weren't talking about that. Um, because I, I, I it just seems to me like. We have seen Rami feel real feelings before. We've had episodes before about are androids sentient? Can they actually have real feelings? Rami fell in love with Gabriel. How can that happen if androids, if Rami in particular, is not able to to have those feelings or at least have the appearance of having feelings but that's a whole nother thing i think what we are taught in this series is that rami although artificial she is a real person and she has real feelings yeah and 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 yeah but now she's kind of almost like going back on that my question is why no i don't think she is I, okay. I don't think she is because what she's talking about here is she can hate, right? She sees something that's wrong. It She feels wronged by it. She knows that it wrongs her crew and her friends. And so she hates that thing. Yeah. And in feeling that, that's a very, it, it affects her directly. Okay. Is it, that not empathy? No. No, because it's affecting her directly. It's, it's and, and love can be selfish as well. And I feel like the love that she uh, she felt for Gabriel was kind of selfish, kind of self. It was all centered on her. And that's kind of where she's coming with admitting to hate here because she's being directly affected by it. And so she says, I don't I won't admit to empathy, sympathy or even fortitude. And I think this just shows that as long as she's directly affected by it, it appeals to herself. And she knows what she's feeling and how to how to deal with it. But when it comes to being not self-absorbed and only being concerned with others, I think she's probably a little less affected by it. Okay. But is not sympathy and empathy also kind of selfish then? No, because to really have those things, you have to have a deep understanding of what the other person is feeling. Yeah, but it's not just an understanding. It's not just an understanding. You can you can look at something that's that's terrible, that's devastating for someone else, and understand fully understand what's going on to them, and not feeling anything. That's not having any empathy. True. But the but the point is what I'm trying to say is that okay, but she can see these things, so she doesn't feel anything. So then that means that if she did feel these things, it would still be a selfish motivation because she's feeling the feelings that she, that she is projecting from others onto herself. 
I think I said that backwards, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying. I mean, yeah, there, there's a school of thought I, that I can... says nothing is unselfishly motivated. Absolutely nothing, right? Now, I'm not, I'm not here to to put that forward, but we're talking about an android who admits to feeling feelings, but she does not admit to sympathy, empathy. But I mean, does she not? feel love for her captain for her crew so when she sees things happening to them and it affects her is that not empathy or is it purely yeah, i mean the fear guess, of the loss of them i guess okay well there, there's there's a point if it is if that's the, the seat of motivation then it's purely selfish i don't know maybe she maybe she registers those feelings but Maybe her understanding and her knowledge of it isn't as in depth, and she maybe she just doesn't prioritize it as much. She's too busy running a warship. Yeah, well, what she's describing is a, a sociopathic personality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, that's you're our, right there. That's our hero. Yeah, a sociopath. <laughs> that's okay. There you go. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Rami's a sociopath. And speaking of sociopaths, um, well, it's been said in studying um, soci socio- sociopathy. How do you say it? What's that? So sociopathy. Sociology. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the study of okay, uh, so of sociopathic individuals. Okay, right. All great leaders, they say, were to some degree sociopaths. Right. Yeah. Or even the not-so-great leaders. But uh, here we have, between the collectors, Pish, and we have the triumvirate, uh, specifically Trigema, with the little speech back and forth that she had with Dylan. People that are completely obsessed with gaining and keeping power. And so Dylan makes the point uh, to Pish, he says... um, he says, your lust for power, that's, what he, that's the expression that he uses, uh, saying that his lust for power will not survive what's coming with the Magog and the Abyss. And so what he's making a point here, to, he's, he's, he's speaking to the short-sightedness of those who are trying to gain and keep their power. Yeah. And whether it's actually power over people or whether it's just gaining wealth and money or whatever it is. Or territory. Yeah. You just, it just seems like more often than not, there's something looming there that they are willing to ignore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the satisfaction of here and now I have everything. Yeah. And... So it just, it blows me away that here we have these individuals in this episode who full well know what's coming. They also full well know that Dylan is their best shot for being able to defeat this evil that is coming. So, but they're more concerned with eliminating Dylan as a threat. And then what? Yeah. How are they going to handle? Like, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if you really do see Dylan as a threat, then, well, let's take the smart way around this. Let's keep Dylan around until the Magog and the, and the, and the Abyss are taken care of. Yeah. And then we'll deal with Dylan. Yeah. But we need our power now. Right. We need our influence now. Right. And, and, and you said it, that it speaks to the short-sightedness of leadership. And what is it? Why is it? Not what is it, but why is it that this is a recurring theme in basically all of sci-fi? And if you look through your history books, throughout all of mankind's history, why is this continuing to be a thing? Yeah, and I, well, I, I think know, your your second point answered the first question. Why is this a recurring <laughs> theme in sci-fi? Well, it's because they're drawing off right. of actual human yeah. history. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I, I'm just I, I'm just winding up, winding myself up to, you know, l- l- let's let's be real here. Uh, as we sit at the time of this recording, there is a um, a person in in a very powerful position, a world power position that is uh, casting aside uh, the rest of the world's um, I, I'm, I'm trying to be evergreen here <laughs> because who knows what's good, what's going to be happening you know 10 10 years 20 years from now maybe this is all happening again but right now someone is throwing aside the the it's happening the, again but in a different place maybe it, yeah probably so yeah. And so they're, they're throwing aside what the world is recommending or asking them to do in order to very short-sightedly accomplish a goal that, they, that he has set for himself, right, in taking territory. And it is going to destabilize an entire region and economies and nations, and then who knows how far out that's going to ripple. And we don't know what the ultimate effects are going to be a month from now or you know, a year from now. But you know there's going to be effects, and they're not going to be good. Um, what could have been done to avoid this? And would that person have made a different decision if they had known that it, things could have turned out better? Well, probably not, because he set himself, he set this goal for himself, and at all costs, he's going to go for it. And, and that is just kind of a repeating trend that we see in the world today. And, you know, I applaud this episode for going there and showing how short-sighted leadership can be when your focus is just maintaining your power or consolidating your power and accomplishing the goal that you have set for yourself. It doesn't matter how many thousands of people or millions or billions of worlds are going to be affected by your poor decision-making. And, and yeah, I think this is well illustrated here in this particular episode. All right. I have a, uh... One more character discussion here and then move on to what this episode really becomes about. Um, So I have uh, my note says Dylan's speech about hypocrisy is hypocritical. So they the rest of the crew put their plan into action. Dylan walks in and they're like, let's go. And he's like, no, we're not going to do that because. we're trying to save a commonwealth and we're not going to break the laws. I can't remember exactly how he says it, but basically the point is we have to do right because nobody else is. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to go down there. I'm going to turn myself in. I'm going to see this thing through 
and we're going to do this the right way. Yeah. Except that when Rade offered to do the exact same thing, Dylan says, absolutely not under no circumstances. Right. Which is it, Dylan? Yeah. What are we, what are we going to do? You, you can't be moving the boundaries, you know, yeah. to, 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 to benefit your own game. Yeah. I mean, when you give that speech and the music swells behind you, I mean, it makes me feel like, <laughs> yeah, this seems like the right thing. I still haven't but downloaded when you look that app at the, yet. <laughs> yeah, but when you see the two scenes, you put them next to each other and compare the messages, they're not exactly lining up. No. No, you're absolutely right there. Yeah. But one thing that we have seen is that Dylan, um, <clears throat> he is a fulfiller of prophecies. Okay. Yeah, um, because back in Pieces of Eight, the uh, Minority Report twins, they said that uh, Dylan was going to betray the Commonwealth. Oh, that's right. I totally Here forgot we are. that point. Yeah. Here we are. That's right. I told, you, I told you to remember that. Yes, you did. Yeah. yeah. And so here, here it is. Well, ha- has he really betrayed the Commonwealth? He's betrayed the, the seedier, the corrupt elements of the Commonwealth. Yeah, and you know that kind of was a whole other thing when it made me feel a, a little icky when he's talking about, uh, well, what's really betrayal? Is it just when one person's ideals and morals don't line up with someone else's, and so the actions that you take, if someone doesn't agree, then that's a betrayal. Well, if the one that is the established authority says these are the rules, and you say, yeah, I don't feel ideologically or morally comfortable with that. So I'm going to do this other total different thing. Now it could be argued that what the person that goes against it does is right. Ethically, morally, they're right. Yeah. You're you're talking about the star Wars discussion (laughs) that the rebels were actually the bad guys (laughs) (laughs) from a certain point of view. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because the empire, you know, they had the authority. They really are. I mean, because history is is written by the victors, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what was it um, in? Uh, what was that? Who? What? Where? Um, what's that guy? Um, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> National Treasure. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Did, you get I it. Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think he makes the point in that movie that uh, history looks back at the. Uh, the American Revolutionary War, they see those those who fought in that as patriots. Yeah. They were um, heroes. Yeah. If they had lost that war, they would have been hanged as, as traitors. Yeah. As traitors. Yeah. So to say which is right or which is wrong is is kind of in the eye of the beholder, even though I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of what's right and wrong but but it's it's subjective yeah so for if the commonwealth has rules established if dylan willingly goes against them he legally can be declared as a traitor right yeah it's just that he's the hero of our story so we know that he's going to win so he's a freedom fighter and yeah, and that's exactly the role that he, the mantle that he's taken up now. And Tri Lauren is right there along with him. I'm curious, do we, because uh, I haven't watched too much further than than where we're at now. 
Uh, where does Tri... Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to where Trigema lands, I guess. Okay. But here we are. I mean, this is what this whole episode is leading up to now. Civil War. Civil War. Q. <laughs> Ashoka... Uh, what's the, the 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 Ken Burns documentary the 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 theme the violin theme? <laughs> I wish I could do a voiceover of like reading a letter <laughs> from the front lines of Darn Vedra or whatever. Yeah, so here we are. This is this is exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, war is good for the economy. It's good for TV. So sure, this this should be exciting. Moving forward, don't What's you think? War, huh? What is it good for? Ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, then let's move on to our quote for the episode. Okay. All military, rank, and file are subject to the word and intent of the Commonwealth Triumvirs. There is no exception. There is punishment accordingly. That is from the Commonwealth Charter of Commonwealth Year 957. What do you make of that, sir? Uh, yeah, I you know it, it makes sense in terms of military. You you only you have a military, um, and there is a uh, what's the word? I'm there. There is a command structure, and if that command structure is not respected, if that command structure is repeatedly broken, uh, you don't have a military, and therefore you don't have protection. You don't have a military arm at all and so these kinds of rules i imagine are pretty standard in a lot of militaries throughout the world probably even including the one in the country in which we live um yeah there has to be a very strict adherence by the rank and file uh because if <laughs> if they don't then oh you have civil war you have insurrection. You have revolution, and uh, and and so it's kind of backwards here because you know we're talking about our heroes, but they're rebelling against the the military order. They're they're rebelling against this this uh, this tribunal that was held to prosecute Dylan to bring him to quote justice right, and so um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this saying. Except there's a morality that has to be taken into consideration, depending on if you're going to go along with the, the ideals of our hero or not. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with uh, what you just said. I mean, it, just taken on its face, it, it feels very ominous. It feels very um, dictatorship, right? And remember when I said <clears throat> that I was going to put a pin in the word democracy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is where I wanted to come back to that because I think that we've kind of been given the impression that the Commonwealth is it's some sort of a democracy, right? That the all the planets, um, the home worlds, they all have a certain voice in this. Yeah. So they play a part. But also we're talking about this is the Commonwealth versus the High Guard. Which are right. two different things. Two different entities, yeah. High Guard is part of the Commonwealth, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's the military arm of it. So, the military is not a democracy. 
just it's as simple as that. It can't be up to democracy. There's no possible way that any sort of military would be able to function if it were a democracy. I don't think. I've never heard of one before in history. I just can't imagine that. Like, I'm trying to see this in my head of, okay, so here's a, the, the two different proposed battle plans. Now all the soldiers need to listen to the campaigns of the different generals about which one we want to do. That's, <laughs> this is going to be more successful. Okay, well, this one here, we may have more casualties, but blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Healthcare, whatever, you know, and then all the now the put soldiers. it to a vote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, can you can you even imagine that? Yeah, no, you can't. Not at you all. Can't imagine that because it would no it. So, I mean, this this makes sense. Um, but then there was also the caveat there, like you mentioned. Well, what happens when that triumvirate that's at the top when it goes sour? Right. So if it is corrupt, then this creed that you live here, that you live by here, it gives all the power to these very few individuals, these few or the one individuals that are corrupt. Yeah. And and so that's just that's what we're seeing play out in this episode. And this is an old I think this is from the original Commonwealth because this is Commonwealth year 957. Um, long-standing tradition in the Commonwealth. But uh, it's the way it has to be and things are not going well on that front right now. But uh, that's why we have Dylan is to take all the wrongs and make them right. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. But uh, just as far as the episode overall, Ethan, what, what were your final thoughts? Um, you know, the torment, the release, it was very, very aptly put because Dylan is in torment. Uh, he's being tormented throughout the course of this, uh, accu these accusations that are being brought against him of betraying the Commonwealth. And then at the end, he's released. So, you know, I like it for that. It's very straightforward. It's a simple plot. Um, it it brings in a lot of elements that we've watched over these last several episodes of this fourth season. And they, they bring it all together. They couch it in themes that are still relevant today. You know, not, not to make this a political discussion, but the things that are touched on in this episode are things that we are dealing with in modern day society. They're front and center. Just watch the news for five minutes, you know? And so it's it's that thing that sci-fi does and why we love sci-fi is it takes those relevant things that we see and acknowledge and, and maybe we like or maybe we dislike and it talks about them. And so we've got all of that here in this episode. And darn it, if it isn't a clip show and it's done really well and it's very engaging and it actually tells a decent story. And... um yeah, this feels like a really pivotal episode, and and, and you know, of yeah, I I liked this episode a lot. I thought it was very good. You know, you say it's a clip show. I mean, it's a clip show of sorts. Um, it's a clip show done right. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see this as a clip show. Right, right. Um, I do see it more as a revisiting of choices that Dylan has made. And showing those to us again. Yeah. Um, 
for for the benefit of the plot. Yeah. Uh, I think that what we've got here is is the beginning of the next phase of what is going to happen in this saga. And if I had to pick just one thing that I just simply don't like or have something to say negatively about this episode, it's just the the whole courtroom scene like i don't right. i don't understand that with the lights on the floor a and then the flashing lights in the back yeah a and, different set would have a better set would have been nice mhm yeah i don't know what's all going on here maybe it's symbolic of you know keeping everyone in the shadows or or something it just it was weird that's all i can say it was just weird and i don't get it what what happened was whoever the set designer was saw Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and thought, I want to make that courtroom in an episode of Andromeda, because that's yeah, my job right now. But not fill it with people, because... Right. <laughs> <laughs> and not have a really cool ball gavel. They, they, yeah. they, there, needed, there was no gavel in this. There no, needed to there be was a gavel. No gavel. So there it didn't was really no, feel like a courtroom. It was, there was no sort of order at all. Yeah. It was just, you, you walk the guy in... The guy that whoever's doing the questions, which in this case it's just Pish and no one else, just walk circles around him and throw insults when you know, yeah. like Tata or you know, you're the yeah. one that's you're the one that's done here. You know, <laughs> you, you know who's stupid? <laughs> you're, you, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Um, but it 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 got it does it cuts to a lot of issues of what's going on in this universe, what's going on with the story, the state of the Commonwealth, things that we've seen glimpses of, and now it's just, it's hit us in the face. It's hit Dylan in the face. And it's the beginning of, apparently, a civil war. And so uh, I think this is this is a really strong episode for me, um, just as far as just all the things that we, that we saw, all the things that went down. And just kind of get you thinking about, well, what's going to happen next? Because, hey, don't forget, they haven't forgotten. They reminded us in this episode, we still have the world ship. We still have the spirit of the abyss. And now we got this thing that's kind of in our way. Yeah. About trying to trying to solve that problem. Now you got this stuff. It's like, this isn't, this isn't necessary right now. It's not right time now. for why that. Are you, not why time are you for this, doing people. this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this isn't necessary from a show writer standpoint or from a viewer, but it's no, in from world. The plot. Yeah. From yes. In, in like universe. this is what your characters have got to be saying. We don't have time for this. Exactly. Yeah. But yet, this is what we're doing. That's the die. The die is cast. Yeah. So yeah. So, no, I agree. It's a great episode for that. But uh, anyway, that's what I think. That's what you think. What do our listeners think? Ethan, if our listeners wanted to get a hold of us and let us know their thoughts, their opinions, uh, let us know what they think of us as individuals, as podcasters, how can they get a hold of us? Well, they can send us a, an email. They can send it to drivebackthenightpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter using the handle at AndromedaPod on both of those locations. You can also check us out on Podbean. That is our home. Every episode of Andromeda that we have recorded to this point. Andromedaseries.podbean.com. 
Yes, indeed. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a star rating and review. That helps other Andromeda fans find the show, uh, and we certainly appreciate that. You can also listen to us on Spotify and really anywhere where you get your podcasts. Good thanks to our big friend Doug Anderson for lending us his voice for for the opening quote of this episode. As always, we are an Age of Geek production. And we hope that you will join us again next time as we look at the episode, The Spider's Stratagem. You can watch us on Podbean. That's where we have every episode. Watch us? No. I don't know. Not I was, yet. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to float past it. I know. I heard it, but I was like, no one's gonna notice. No one listens to this part.